The Emperor Diocletian ruled from 284 to 385, and during his reign, the last and most ferocious Roman persecution broke out. Because of the persecution, St. Sebastian, who's a soldier of noble birth, whose bravery was so highly regarded, he's made one of the captains of the Praetorian Guard, that's the Imperial Guard. Uh, St. Sebastian concealed the fact he was a Catholic, not out of fear, because he's fully aware that a man in his position had a great opportunity to travel freely to help those who had not been identified as Catholics by the authorities, visit imprisoned Christians, encourage them to keep the faith. In fact, St. Sebastian was so zealous in aiding and encouraging other Christians that the Pope at that time, Pope St. Caius, called him the defender of the church. Two Catholic noblemen, twin brothers named Mark and Marcellianus, had been thrown into prison, and they'd both been tortured, but they had such great support from Sebastian during their trials, they bore their trials cheerfully. They were finally sentenced to death for the crime of being Catholic, but at the insistence of their pagan friends and family, the prefect of Rome, a man named Chromatius, delayed their execution for 30 days. Mark and Marcellianus' friends and relatives had promised the prefect that before the 30 days were up, they would certainly persuade the twins to sacrifice to the gods. See, they're being intolerant. They're not sacrificing to their gods. The prefect sent the two men to be held as prisoners in the house of one of his officers, some man named Nicostratus, with the order that his, any of their pagan friends could appear at any time and visit them. The tortures which Mark and Marcellianus had manfully suffered previously seemed mild compared to the pressures which they now had to endure. The twins were very friendly and, had, and therefore had a very large circle of friends and relatives who loved them deeply and spared no lengths in trying to get the men to abandon, abandon this foolish worship of a Jewish carpenter. The friends exhorted Mark and Marcellianus to consider the duties that they had, their duties towards their families, towards their wives, towards their little children, towards their old and aging parents. They told them that God surely expected them to do their duty and take care of their dependents and not to abandon everything for such foolishness. Their mother, Marcia, an old pagan woman, begged them by the love with which she had nursed them and cared for them to not bring her sorrowing down into the grave. Their old crippled father, Tranquilinus, upbraided his sons for their stupidity in running after death, as they were now doing, and lamented the fact that his sons should think this was a fitting way to treat a father for all the, who had treated them with such kindness all his life. Then their lives, wives would cry out and wail and hold up their babies, begging them to stop this cruelty, begging them not to make them widows and not to make their children orphans. And this went on and on, day in and day out. Their tearful friends and families came to see Mark and Marcellianus. The twins kept trying to answer and console everyone. Quote, they told their friends of their duty above all duties, of leaving father, mother, wife, and children for the sake of Christ. They tried to comfort their mother by the example of our blessed lady, who had willingly offered up her only son as a babe on the altar and stood beside the cross to see him die in agony. They spoke to their father of the love of the father who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die for sinners. And they besought their wives to espouse themselves as holy widows to Jesus, who would be to them a more loving husband and to their orphaned children a more tender father than they themselves had been or ever could be. But it was all in vain, for their hearers were all pagans who knew not the love of God and cared not for their sorrows of Jesus and Mary, and so that all they said to comfort them only made them more unhappy. Close quote. 
Understandably enough, this kind of pressure, pressure of having to see the terrible suffering of people they love more than themselves, began to take its toll on their courage. Finally, St. Sebastian realized they were in danger of committing a mortal sin by apostatizing from the faith. And so in front of the whole crowd of guards, friends, and relatives one day when everybody was there wailing, he stood up and exposed himself as a Christian and then exhorted the brothers to remain firm in the faith. St. Sebastian then turned to the crowd and urged them to stop tempting the brothers to give up the glorious crowns which waited them in heaven. Quote, For the hopes of Christians are not idle fables, but solid truths. This is proven every day by the miracles which Christians work. They raise the dead. They give sight to the blind. They cure the worst disease only by calling on the name of Jesus. And if these miracles which Christians work be true, most certainly the promises of Christ are also true, and it is reasonable that a man should die for them. So dry up your tears, my friends, and joyfully accompany these holy martyrs to the triumph, and I hope that by their merits, God will open your eyes also. Close quote, St. Sebastian. When he finished, the room filled with a heavenly light, in the midst of which they saw seven angels and the Lord Jesus Christ, who embraced St. Sebastian, gave him a kiss of peace, and said to him, Thou shalt always be with me. Then the apparition vanished. Everyone present, both Christian and pagan, saw and heard the apparition. Zoe, who was the wife of the jailer Nicostratus, had been mute for six years. She was instantly converted and threw herself at Sebastian's feet and started making signs that she wished to be baptized. Now remember what this means. She's publicly exposing herself in front of this whole crowd of pagans giving signs she wants to be baptized. That's a death penalty. Think of the grace that's going on in this woman's soul. Zoe is always asking to become a Christian. St. Sebastian said, quote, If I am the servant of Jesus, and if all I have said be true, may the Lord Jesus heal thee, and loose thy tongue, and make thee speak. Close quote. He made the sign of the cross over Zoe's mouth. Instantly, Zoe began to speak, praising God and thanking Sebastian for having cured her. Zoe's husband, Nicostratus, was so struck by this miracle that he himself converted. Tranquilinus and Marcia, the father and mother of the twin brothers, were also converted, as were their wives and children. All the converts began begging St. Sebastian to baptize him, but he asked Nicostratus to bring up all the other prisoners in the house. They, too, might have the opportunity to hear the gospel. Nicostratus brought them, and St. Sebastian preached to them. They all converted, and then St. Sebastian sent for a priest named Polycarp, who then baptized all 64 of the converts. Although Tranquilinus had been crippled for 11 years, the moment the baptismal water touched him, his crippled limbs straightened out, and he was totally healed. Two other men that had severe disabilities were also instantly healed during their baptism. The 30 days came to an end, and the prefect of Rome, Chromatius, summoned Tranquilinus to find out what sort of success he had had in getting his twin boys to sacrifice to the gods. Chromatius was surprised to put it mildly, to see Tranquilinus walking rather than being carried, and he asked if Mark and Marcellianus were ready to sacrifice to the gods. Tranquilinus replied, quote, My sons are happy, and so am I, for God has taught me the truth of the Christian religion. What, asked Chromatius, have you lost your mind and become a fool in your old age? Tranquilinus replied, He is a fool who leaves the way of life to follow that of death. What life and what death, asked Chromatius. If you will listen to me, you and all your family shall be as happy as I am, Tranquilinus replied. Not only is Chromatius struck by the change in both the mind and the body of Tranquilinus, but since he himself was crippled, 
He was very curious to discover Tranquilina's secret of happiness. Tranquilina told Chromatius the whole story of how he'd been healed and what had transpired. But Chromatius was left with doubts about the Christian faith. So Tranquilina sent for St. Sebastian. Chromatius listened to St. Sebastian, but was still filled with doubts until St. Sebastian promised him that if he would believe, he too would be cured just like Tranquilinus. But the first condition was he'd have to destroy all his household idols. Now, the pagan Romans had a household shrine called a lararium that contained little statues of all the, all the gods and goddesses that the family worshipped. They'd worship and offer sacrifices to them on certain days. So Chromatius agreed, and the pagan idols were smashed. But he still wasn't cured. At this point, St. Sebastian said to Chromatius, Since you're not cured, either you haven't re- renounced your pagan beliefs, or else you're holding back some false idols. Chromatius then admitted that he actually did have another room containing items that were used for pagan worship. As soon as the remaining pagan religious items were destroyed, Chromatius was cured. Now stop for a sec. Think of the divine mercy. This is a man, a judge that's been sentencing Christians for death, for the crime of being Christians. Think of the mercy God has right here. This man has sentenced Catholics to death just for their religion, and God reaches out to him and does a miracle like that, healing him. As a result of this, Chromatius' entire household, including his slaves, was also converted and baptized. And thanksgiving to God for his miraculous covering, he freed his newly baptized slaves. And this is a very wealthy man being the prefect of Rome. He freed 1,400 slaves, saying that those who have God for their father ought not to be slaves to men. Chromatius decided he could no longer keep his office as prefect of Rome, so at the advice of the Pope, he resigned and went to live in a great country villa some distance from Rome. The Pope, the priests of Rome, and men like St. Sebastian would send Christians whose faith was weak, who did not receive the call to martyrdom, out to live with Chromatius in the country while they continued to care for the Christians in Rome. And the Pope stationed uh, Polycarp out there as a priest to take care of the spiritual needs of everybody that was out at the villa. The new prefect of Rome summoned Mark and Marcellianus and ordered them to sacrifice to the gods. When they refused, he had them bound to two pillars, had their feet nailed to them, where they hung for a full day, and they hung there singing psalms the whole time, until finally the prefect decided in order to shut them up, they'd be pierced with lances. St. Zoe was discovered while she was praying at St. Peter's tomb. She was martyred by being hung by the heels over a fire. Tranquilinus went to pay, pray at the tomb of St. Paul and was stoned to death by a crowd. Chromatius' son Tibertius, who also converted, was baptized at the same time as his father, had stayed in Rome. Tibertius was not suspected of being a Christian, which made it easy for him to imitate St. Sebastian by moving around secretly helping Christians, exhorting them to stay strong in the faith, giving his money to the poor, and generally setting a good example to everyone. One day as Tibertius was walking along, he came across a crowd gathered around a dying young man who had fallen from a great height. Tibertius asked if they minded if he spoke briefly to the young man as he thought it might do him some good. The crowd made way and Tibertius came up and said an Our Father and a creed over the dying young man who instantly stood up in perfect health. The crowd, understandably, was shocked and amazed and Tibertius used the occasion to preach the gospel. A great many were converted and baptized as a result of this miracle. Eventually, Tibertius was betrayed, this, this time by a Catholic that he reproached for living a sinful life. The prefect gave Tibertius his choice, either offer sacrifice to the gods or walk barefoot over burning coals. Tibertius chose the coals. He made the sign of cross over the coals and began walking around on them. 
As he walked around on the coals, Tiburtius challenged the prefect, quote, Away now with your obstinate infidelity and confess Jesus Christ to be the true God whose command all things obey. Or if you'll not believe in him, put your hands in a kettle of boiling water and call upon your God Jupiter, and then you will see whether for Jupiter's sake the water will not scald you, close quote. In response, the prefect had his head cut off. At last, it was St. Sebastian's turn to win the crown already gained by so many of his spiritual children. The Emperor Diocletian heard that St. Sebastian was a Christian, sent for him and asked him, Sebastian, what is this I hear? Is it possible that after I have given you so many honors and placed you in this high command, that you dare live here in my palace as a Christian or disloyal to me and draw down upon me the anger of the gods? St. Sebastian answered, Sire, I've always been loyal to you. I have daily prayed to the true God, who is the maker of heaven and earth, for your safety and that of your empire. For it seems to me to be a great folly to worship stones and ask favors of those who cannot speak or move and have neither sense nor feeling. Diocletian was so angry at Sebastian's reply, he ordered to be taken from his sight and shot with arrows. He was taken into a field, tied to a tree, shot full of arrows, and left for dead. Late that night, the widow of a martyr went to get Sebastian's body in order to bury him, but found he was still alive. She took him to her house, dressed his wounds, and cared for him, until after a few days, God suddenly restored him to perfect health. Now, the other Christians were urging Sebastian to flee the city, but instead he placed himself by a staircase where the emperor was to pass. Just as the emperor came up to him, St. Sebastian cried out, The priests of your temples, O emperor, deceive you and tell you lies about the Christians, making you believe that they are the enemies of your empire, while in reality they protect your empire by their daily prayers for its preservation. Diocletian was startled to see and hear a man whom he believed to be dead, but when he gained his composure, he asked, Are you Sebastian, who I ordered to be put to death? Did you not die? And if you did die, how did you come to life again? St. Sebastian replied, My Lord Jesus had been pleased to give me life, in order that here, before all the people, I may have witness to the truth of his faith and to your cruelty in persecuting the saints who have done you no harm. In his name, therefore, I command you, if you would preserve your life and your empire, to cease from your wickedness and to shed no more innocent blood. When Diocletian realized that he was dealing with a living man and not a ghost, he ordered that St. Sebastian be tied to a pillar and beaten to death. After his death, the executioners threw his body into a sewer, but before very long, St. Sebastian appeared to a pious lady in a vision, told her where his body was, and ordered to take it and bury it at the, at the entrance to the catacombs. The Basilica San Sebastiano, which has always been tr- traditionally regarded as one of the seven pilgrimage churches in Rome, was built over his grave in 367. The present church there dates to 1611. His relic is on the gospel side of the altar after Mass. We'll give you a blessing with it. St. Sebastian is one of the 14 holy helpers. He's the patron saint of archers, athletes, and soldiers, among others, and he's traditionally invoked for protection against plagues. His feast day is today, January 20th. St. Mark and Marcellianus' feast day is June 18th. St. Zoe's feast day is July 5th. St. Tranquilinus' feast day is July 6th. St. Nicostratus' feast day is July 7th. St. Tiburtius' feast day is August 11th, the same day as St. Chromatius. There's a lot of lessons we can draw from the story of St. Sebastian. We'll just quickly consider four. First point, the importance of encouraging each other to keep the faith. We're all weak. When we live in a pagan environment and so many of our friends and relatives are practically speaking pagans, it can be hard to stay strong in the faith. We need to imitate St. Sebastian and encourage each other. Second point, 
we need to make a definitive choice. Chromatius wasn't cured till he got rid of the last of his idolatrous things. He had to make a definite break with paganism. We can't keep our feet in both camps. Third point, consider divine mercy and the love that God has even for sinners. Even though Chromatius himself had condemned Catholics to death simply for the crime of being Catholic, he was given the grace of conversion and even became a saint. And God extended that same opportunity even to Diocletian. He healed St. Sebastian of fatal wounds and sent him specifically to give Diocletian a solemn warning in his name. So God extended that mercy to Saint, even to Diocletian. Fourth point, protection of the weak. Sometimes people, good people, say things to me like, well, Father, the, the children are going to be exposed to it, whatever it might be, sooner or later. You can't protect them forever. As if it's a first principle that we just throw the, the, the kids to the wolves. We see the Pope and the priests keeping men like St. Sebastian in action, but protecting those whose faith is weaker by removing them from sinful pressures of a pagan society. That is the correct action to take. That's how saints think. We need to shelter the weak from sinful pressures. At the elevation of the precious blood today, and every time you assist at Mass, ask our Lord to give you the grace to remain faithful in this pagan society. Ask him to give you the grace to live as a martyr. Not necessarily die as a martyr. That's God's choice there. But to live as a faithful witness, to live as a martyr in this present darkness. Ask our Lord to strengthen you so that you may imitate St. Sebastian and live and die as a faithful witness to our holy religion.